Cancer diagnosis, choice of treatment and complementary integrative support during treatment are deeply personal choices. Yet, sleep does play a critical role in coping with treatment and in outcome itself. It's also a deep journey in mindset, spirituality and inner awakenings. In today's podcast, we will answer three questions. How does sleep play a role in cancer treatment and potential for recovery? Do specific circadian rhythms matter during cancer care? What are specific bedroom and bedtime routines during cancer care? Maya Simmond is a colleague and someone who witnessed a miraculous epiphany during the time of her second cancer diagnosis, one that would have been fatal. What shifted for her was something that saved her and continues to help save several others and I felt I must have her on the show. Maya is a holistic cancer coach. She is a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner whose focus is on cancer care and she is a cancer survivor second time round. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and Yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast and we are speaking about cancer and sleep today and I read your story and it really made me pause for a few seconds when I thought about you the second time cancer came back and you had this epiphany that your route needed to be different and that's probably why you're here today speaking with us and that really chilled me. Uh, And you also described chronic sleep challenges through cancer care and obviously how when someone's not sleeping, it can impact recovery. It can also probably increase their risk for cancer if they have certain predisposition towards it. I'd love for you to talk about your journey Um, sharing in as much detail as you feel comfortable about your own cancer journey. Thank you, Deepa. I'm glad to be here. Um, My cancer started uh, in 2009. That's when the first time I was diagnosed with stage 3B um, estrogen positive breast cancer. And now thinking back, um, eight months prior to that, we lost our mom to lymphoma. And um, for the past two years before she passed away, we were taking um, care of her and there was a lot of non-sleeping nights. So there was a lot of worries. 
there was a lot of like stress on the body. So at that time, of course, I wasn't aware that the stress could cause so much um, toll on human being health. But even though if, if, even though if I would have known it's when your loved one struggles and suffers and goes through such a hard time, there's nothing, not, not much you can do about it. Um, you just go with your gut instinct and always worry about it. But um, so when my cancer, when I got the news that I got cancer, I felt the lump in my breast in two spots. Um, I kind of uh, can make a big deal out of it. I don't know why, maybe the fresh wound of losing mom, I kind of let it just like uh, whatever the doctor would do, I would just go for it. And, um, and I just follow the doctor's um, decisions, like uh, it was a protocol of treatment, which was like uh, mastectomy, chemotherapy, radiation, and followed by tamoxifen. Um, going through starting up chemotherapy, I right away immediately, basically within one day, it put me into premature menopause, which I started getting this horrendous, um, like hot flashes. It's so hard even to describe that they were hot flashes. They were, they were calm. Like it was like this old poking needle type of poking into my body, starting from my toe all the way to my head. And then it would break out in sweats and it would happen. Like I would say every 20 minutes, every half an hour. And, um, and the doctors told me that I have to just live with it because that's the part of the treatment. Um, after the radiation chemotherapy, I started tamoxifen, the symptoms of uh, hot flashes did not go better, did not subside. Um, that causes so much nice night disturbance, waking up every half an hour, every 45 minutes, sometimes every 15 minutes, just like a throwing the blanket off, sweating, and then changing the temperature, going back. So my nights became such a such a, such a hard and, and like, um, just to go through the night, I, when the night would get close, I would get so worried about it. How am I going to sleep in the winter time? We used to live in Chicago at that time. And the winters are harsh down there. I would have my window full open and my husband had to sleep in another room because I couldn't sleep when it was warm. So, um, that lasted about, um, six years, almost six years like that going like, uh, and then, um, the doctor, I, I tried to go and see, um, holistic integrative medicine at the time. All they did is just for me to take black cohosh. They cannot do much to my condition. Um, I started black cohosh, but they didn't do anything because the, the symptoms were so severe. Um, even though I consider, we considered like, I consider my family being a healthy eaters, Obviously, um, there's so much I wasn't aware of at that time, even though I have a nursing, nursing background, but I did not practice nursing in the United States. Originally, I'm from south part of Russia, from Baku, Azerbaijan, and I graduated nursing school down there, but did not practice here in the United States. Um, we are, like growing up in, in that part of country, we were more aware of, about food, what we eat. And I kind of follow that, but I never followed like uh, um, organic, non-organic, all those things. Like I wasn't even aware of those things at the time. 
Um, we were juicing, so you know, I thought that we're fairly healthy. But where the produce coming from? I never asked that question, you know. Um, so going through such a big stress for past six years, I think promote the cancer to come back um, because of, it affected my hormones big way. So when the cancer came back, I just had this like, um, it's like it was a, like a second person sitting in my mind and talking me out of everything. It's like uh, I'm talking to a doctor and this like uh, I'm nodding my head but there's a voice in my head. You don't need this. Like, you don't need this. And I just like, uh, I somehow, I, there's such a strong feeling like instinct. I decided like not to go with the treatment, whatever the doctors were offering. And I had no idea what I would do, but the strong feeling of not to do it, I didn't, I just didn't follow with it. So I came home and next two weeks was such a, roller coaster for me it was emotions, was the feelings, was the fear, because it was already stage four. It just started at the stage four, but they consider it stage four because it's already metastasis to my endometrium. So, and I have three kids, two boys and a girl. My daughter was at the time about 14. And all this like uh, thoughts in my mind, how she's gonna grow up without me because the doctor said it was my type of cancer coming back at my age. Um, it would be like 10 to 15% of survival chance past five years. And that's kind of all the thoughts in my mind, like uh, questions, where, what am I start? What am I going to start? What should I start with? I was just like, um, I was so lost. I, I, I felt like I was in a space floating somewhere by myself in the darkness and there's no one around me to grab my hand. But this instinct of not going with the treatment was um, so strong inside of me. Um, like doing like being like that for two weeks, it kind of one day I woke up and I'm like, I, I start reading. I start doing a lot of research, of course, at that was in those two weeks. And a lot of things I start coming across is like using organic product, pro products, um, juicing and all those things. So it was in two weeks I decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start juicing green juices. There's nothing. I'm for sure. I'm not going to do anything wrong with it. If I start juicing. So that's what I did. I, I told my husband in the morning, I remember this uh, September 13th. It was um, 2015. I told him, you know what? I'm going to start the diet today. I'm going to be cooking for the family, but do not ask me questions. What am I going to eat? What I'm not going to eat? Because I know what I'm going to do for myself. And he supported me 100%. So we, um, I started on a juicing. I started juicing for um, five, six cups a day of juices. I went completely raw food, you know. And more and more I discovered, more and more I started doing researches and reading. There's so many things were implementing in getting this cancer because we I I was asking myself a question where the cancer coming from I have no history no family history of cancer any type of cancer my mom passed away from lymphoma that was also new in the family because she didn't have any history of cancer and where am I getting this like a hormonal cancer it was just like a there has to be something the trigger but I was lost, like what it is. I would ask my doctor, they would just say, we don't know. 
you know, and I would ask like, what kind of diet should I follow? They said, well, there's no particular diet that could like a help with your condition. Maybe cut down on the carbohydrates a little bit, but I felt that there's something out there because I mean, the seed has to be planted to grow. Right. So there was something probably in my body that let it grow to the stage. So, and I wanted to know what was that seed. And I started doing all these researches and, um, and it's like a one after another, one after another fighting was my mindset. Finding was like, uh, people who were surrounding me because constant calls from my doctor's office, all the office, I mean, all doctor's offices, my friends, my relatives, constant call, you're playing with fire. It's going to be too late for you to heal. Fighting was my own mindset. Like you can do it, Maya. Just believe what you feel. Just you can. I would basically probably stand like up to an hour in the bathroom and talk me into following my gut instinct. Talk myself into it. Because like uh, every time when I would hear a phone call from the doctor, I'm like, probably they're right and I'm wrong. But then I would have to, I would go and I would start talking myself into it. No, Maya, just believe in it. When you believe in it, it's going to happen. And that's what like uh, was that mindset of the just wanting to heal myself. I think I just like uh, the things just stopped popping up right and left for me. I stopped learning about water. We're drinking a dirty water. So right away we got Berkey filter where the, our cosmetics are like a hygiene products, all full of toxins. I stopped using cosmetics. I destroyed, I mean, I just got rid of all the tox toxins in the house, starting from all the cleaning supplies, cosmetics, I mean, like a feminine hygiene, even like wearing the clothes, that polyester and stuff like that. I just got rid of those, start getting cotton clothes more for kids. And everything switched to, to organics. It's just like I start getting this. Um, I started getting this like uh, mistrust in general, in overall, in everything. Like I would get so skeptical going to the store and buying. Like, is this a where this product? I mean, where this produce has been growing at? Who is growing the prod produce? Where is this chicken coming from? Or meat that I'm buying from? Where is it coming from? What do they feed their animals with? So all this all together. So I think just made me more stronger. And it's opened like a, this new door for me into this like a, like a world of beautiful like a life that this thing should not be so complicated for human being. We have to be so simple just by eating whole food that was provided to us by nature because nature is so, so intelligent of, of connecting human being to, we're, we're all connected, like an entire universe is connected to each other. So why do we need all the synthetics when we have like a real food? Why do we have to take supplements when we have real food? What did our ancestors did? You know, all the stuff is like start like building in my, in my mind. And it's just like uh, gradually, gradually is like I converted into becoming this like a functional nutrition practitioner because my past taught me so much. And I just want to share with people, like if you put yourself out there, if you put your mind to it, 
you'll achieve what you need. It took me about seven and a half or eight months and my results were all normal. They came back like when the doctor were looking at it, they couldn't believe in it. They would say like, my oncologist would, in the end, my last visit to her before we moved to Austin, she said that, you know what, Maya, I put my entire family on juicing because of like uh, my experience with cancer, you know? So um, was I lucky? Maybe I was lucky. I don't know. Was I determined to get healed? I was very determined to get healed. And it was those things like that. There's nothing is going to stop me. When people would tell me that I would play, I was playing with fire, was fire. That was kind of throwing more oil into the fire for me. I would get like more like, a, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to prove it to you. It was like that, you know, I, I would get like fired up basically. And I would do all this researches and started, and I started like paying attention how family members start changing, like by looking at me. And then word of mouth starts spreading and the people start calling me. Like I've heard like that. And I just was diagnosed with breast cancer. Can you help me out? And all of those things. And this is like a, basically, was I thinking to become a nutritionist? No, I wasn't thinking. So I think it was just, uh, it meant to be probably for me. And I really love what I do right now when I see people are getting better and just like uh, learning so much about it, about just a whole food about like uh, the nature is so intelligent and it gave us everything that we need. And then yet we learned to avoid those things like a circadian rhythm, like, you, you know, the slip pattern, we avoid those things without, because we have no knowledge on it. So gaining those knowledges and, um, when it came to um, hormones and sleep, um, once I changed my diet, um, I went on a raw food. Um, I started meditating more. And in my meditations, I, I kind of enjoyed meditating in the nature. I, no matter what the weather was at seven o'clock in the morning, I would just go out for a walk and it would be like hour and a half, two hours walk. And I would just go out there and nature for me is such a big, I like just adore nature, you know, and I would just walk by touching the trees, by like talking to a plants and that type of meditation was pleasing me and it was relaxed me. It seems like uh, the trees have something to tell me. It's like I would just stand there or I would just lean on the tree and just sit there for five minutes, 10 minutes. And it seems like I would get recharged by it. You know, um, just looking at the at the plants, at the at the dandelions, like uh, growing dandelions, people call them a weed, but for me, they're most beautiful things on the planet, and they're there and they're here to help us out to heal us. Why do we call them a weed? By what standards? Those are the questions that pop up in my mind. Why do we call uh, a nature giving a plant a weed? So those are the things in and and um, implemented yoga and all of those things. Like I was in two weeks after I changed my diet, I start paying attention that um, that my sleep, my my hot flashes start going, started getting better. There wasn't as severe as they were. I was in about a month 
they got even better. It took about six months for me. I wouldn't say getting completely rid of my hot flashes, but they weren't bothering me anymore. My sleep, um, I started sleeping so well. And, and it's, I'm, I'm an early birth person in general. So I usually like going to bed at around 10 and waking up at like 5, 4.35. That's like my time. So I, st- and I would go to bed and I would fall asleep and I would sleep through the night so peacefully. And I would wake up in the morning, so much energy. My mind seemed like uh, so clear. My thoughts were so clear just by changing my diet. I mean, I changed my entire lifestyle, but my diet was most important thing and learning and, and learning how to trust myself, I think put me in the stage of like uh, relaxation. So those are the things like uh, at that time, I'm not like other people like learned about sleep and then implemented the sleep. In my case, it just came because I wanted to change my diet. I just wanted to get better. I just want to heal the cancer. And then later when I started learning about sleep, I was like, oh, uh, that's why, you know, I started putting the puzzles together. Oh, that's why my sleep got better. That's why my hot flashes got better, you know, and all of those things. And Maya, I think before we go into a little bit about what you did, I mean, to me, this sounded a lot like the key, the treatment of cancer disrupted your sleep because probably there was a lot of load on the liver. And then you started using all these beautiful liver supportive foods like dandelion and the green juices and then just getting the liver supported help. So I do, I know that probably there will be people who listen, who do choose to have traditional route of treatment for cancer. Um, Maybe they don't take the holistic route altogether, but I'm assuming that whatever you're recommending today will also help people who have chosen that path to be probably complementing that kind of a treatment. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the sleep and whether you believe that even if somebody is in any stage of cancer, even if they have chosen to have treatment, what would your recommendations be for somebody like that to support better sleep? Because sleep is so critical to whether even treatment is effective. Right. Yeah. When, when we are asleep, that's when our body goes through a de- detoxification process. Basically, it doesn't matter what do you choose as your treatment. I, I work with people. Um, I have clients who choose to go through chemotherapy, but at the same time, we also do natural process. It helps them out easier to take that um, treatment. Um, at the same time, we do gut health because it affects uh, a lot. The chemotherapy does affect um, the gut health big time. I know from my own experience. Um, so the sleep is like what I teach, um, my clients is the sleep is such a most important part of the healing process. And there is a certain time of sleep when people sleep, 
usually the first three, four hours is so crucial. That's where a lot of hormonal changes and hormonal methylations and, and detoxification happens. So to prepare people for sleep, I talk a lot about, for example, even bed sheets. Like a lot of people don't realize like having a synthetic bed sheets or a microfiber bed sheet could interfere with their sleep. So I strongly suggest people to change their patches into the cotton bed sheets to be able more, you know, more, to be more relaxed in bed. So there's a lot of things happens in, in the bed during the nighttime in our body. Um, we go like a, our hormones, like T4 converts into the T3 within those first three, four hours of sleep which is so important, especially for a woman when they go through breast cancer, um, estrogen positive breast cancer, um, progesterone, like uh, builds up during, the, during that time. And progesterone is so crucial because it controls estrogen levels. Um, not having progesterone, it's, there's so much stress on the body it's relaxes also progesterone is also as a relaxer. So those are the things I learned those later. I, I personally, I didn't know myself. It just like a happened to be that way. Um, implementing supplements such as magnesium before they go to bed, turning off the lights, um, listening to a beautiful music. I personally like taking a little walk before I go to bed. It doesn't have to be too long. 10 minutes, 15 minutes walk, just relaxes your mind and, and relaxes your body. And then, um, as I said, implementing stuff like uh, magnesium, passion flower. I love passion flower. It helps so much. It relaxes. Um, B6, um, vitamin D throughout the day. I, I tell my clients, like, uh, once you wake up in the morning, at from that time on, you got to make your body get ready to go to sleep because that is your entire day is going to make your stress levels. It's going to build up everything for you, your stress levels, your, um, you know, relaxation. So the food intake, it's such a big hero on building up those dopamine tryptophan levels in your body. Your microbiome is so important. Microbiome, if, if it's not intact, it's not going to methylate your GABA. It's not going to methylate or convert your B12 into the needed compounds for your body. So starting from the morning, putting your mindset that you're setting yourself up to a good night's sleep, that's what we have to start with. And with that mindset, you have to pay attention what food you eat, what you drink, when you eat them, how you eat them, um, what vitamins do you take at what time. There are certain vitamins you cannot take past 2 o'clock in the afternoon because they're going to energize you more. So with those things like... Uh, going, like experiencing myself, I 
I experienced a lot of things on myself before I <laughs> kind of like I realized what are the things that are working, what, the, what things are working for us. I love what you said, Maya, about the fact that everything we do during the day decides our sleep. And I truly believe that I'm, I'm always talking about diet, that the sleep plate begins at breakfast. It's not at dinner, whatever you do right at the start. Um, and it's important that you share a lot of this information, but you did say something about how it's very important that initial three to four hours of deep sleep, and that's where a lot of uh, metabolic, um, deeper metabolic work is occurring. Now, before we go into food, and I do want us to spend a lot of time talking about food, but I'd just like us to conclude our part about sleep but just do you feel that there is a um, ideal time and why I'm asking is this that you is does it okay is it okay if somebody sleeps even past midnight and still gets eight to nine hours when they are undergoing cancer treatment or uh, do you feel that there is a time of the night where these um functions occur um I, you said that and i remember uh my grandmother when we would get sick she would always say go to sleep and sleep um my grandparents weren't educated people because they were children of world war ii so but the knowledge they had it was just a uh, tremendous knowledge and i would just remember that that they would say turmeric was uh they would when we get sick they would bring us he, she would bring us turmeric with the black pepper and and the milk to drink it and then go to sleep they would literally let us sleep because they would say sleep is medicine we never kind of take that for granted and never believe in it until the science bring bring it to us and tell us yes during the cancer treatment the sleeping is so crucial and it's just uh, our body is like a, a circadian rhythm. Um, it goes like, a, it works as a wave. There's like, it goes like into the deeper sleep and then it goes into the light sleep. And that's the rhythm is just changes every 90 minutes. That's why it's like waking up in the middle of the night. It's okay. But it's like, as, as long as people go into the sleep right away, they don't stay awakened because that's the way our circadian rhythm wa works. So uh, to sleep nine hours, 10 hours, I would say yes. I personally would say yes. And everybody's different based on their like uh, uh, body type and their like uh, an age, of course, plays a big role on it also. So for, uh, I remember myself when I was going through chemotherapy, I was so exhausted there was a days that I would sleep 15, 16 hours because I was so exhausted. You know, if that is a requirement of your body, let it be because it's a it's body detoxifies through that time. Let it be. That would be my output for it. In this episode, Maya walked us through the most critical part of her cancer journey, which was the shift in her mindset. The one thing that really stood out for me personally, from Maya's conversation was the importance of the right circadian rhythm. 
There is a lot of discussion on how we might all have differing circadian rhythms. Here's my perspective. While I've had several episodes on circadian rhythms and have had several perspectives which are counter to each other, whenever I'm in doubt, I always go back to ancient Eastern wisdom. What Ayurveda has always been clear about is the need to be in harmony with the diurnal rhythms of light and darkness. I've seen with clinical experience that altering these rhythms are very big triggers of imbalance in almost all my clients. Sleeping before 10 p.m. has immense benefit on the overall healing journey. If you think that seems too early, try it for a month and just notice what shifts for the better. Have a great day. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition. Be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health condition. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.